Welcome to the Backwards Infect at Twitter and Gmail under that same name. I have just one question for you. How soon is now? How you doing, Luke? Good evening. Episode, I don't know. Whatever, whatever. It's still the here and now. What's going on? I'm doing good. Um, doing real good. It does once again seem like forever ago when we talked last. Or the last podcast. The last podcast we did was Tuesday. Yeah. That was with Jason. That was Jason. It does seem like a long time since the last podcast. Time is definitely... It's interesting because over, it seems like this year has gone by really, really slow. But as you get older, the years go by really, really fast. But this year in general, especially with what happened to you, with my career, things, uh, it's weird. This whole year, time-wise, is like, it's throwing me for a loop. Yeah, I totally agree i totally relate because yeah it, it ends up being the whole year and yeah so you have like this big picture analysis that you can do of it but then week by week i guess it's just because we do the podcast weekly you can you can actually get like a much more acute understanding of it and so you have it from like this acute angle and you have it from this like big picture angle. And both of them are just like, how has time slowed down to this degree? Well, that's the odd paradoxical point to make is it speeds up. But then again, it's like slow motion because when you meditate, you know, I go in six o'clock and then all of a sudden, bam, it's six thirty. So you, you have, both, yeah. you have speed up and you have slow down, which none of it makes any sense whatsoever. But if I looked at the total big picture, like what, and say, okay, it just overall, it seems like the year's gone is going by in slow motion in everything. And, and at my work too, normally it seems like the years fly by, but for some reason this year was super slow-mo, but again, it's only it's only relative to what you're doing because I sit down and you have a really good meditation and that 30 minutes is blown by. So it's it's one of those mind bending things for sure. Synchronicities and time, ladies and gentlemen, if you that's a good like if you want to put your finger on because a lot of times with you or me after you wake up. It's not a sense of boredom or anything like that, but you have a sense of, am I still on the rails? You know, did I do enough today? Am I, am I practicing enough meditation? Am I in the right state? You know, the majority of the time and the telltale signs are for me is synchronicities and time being warped. And if you're having those two going on, then I feel like you're in the right state. Yeah, I 
I think so. Um, that makes a lot of sense. It's funny because like, I feel, I feel like a different person than where I was last week on the podcast. I feel like it's just shifted like a different person, like, a. um, an understanding of mechanics that I didn't have just like, you know, an understanding that like sinks in and then you're just like, Oh, this means something very, very different from the way you were doing things before. And a lot of what has happened to me, I I should say I was off last week. So it was a super like, I actually meant to do more in terms of um, just like technically getting stuff done and working on the podcast, but it's weird. Like I just, I put some effort into meditation. I just like fell into it. I just, I couldn't stop. It was, you know, long sessions and then multiple sessions throughout the day. Um, One of your techniques that you were going over, um, from a couple of podcasts ago where you start with your legs crisscross and then you end with your back on the ground and then you get your arms in the cross position. And I was also spreading my legs real wide, almost like the Leonardo da Vinci. There's like a name for that pose where your arms are out and your legs are out. And I was doing that daily at high noon specifically like to get the sun at its highest point and i was i was gone in these things i was i was out there it was it was and i just kept sinking further and further in to deeper and deeper meditation and i think ultimately what happened was is I learned how to integrate my mind in a way that I've been holding back from. I think that's like the big reveal. If I say like, what's the difference between this week and last week? I've always been afraid to get my mind going because I felt so betrayed initially by the wake up. Like, I'm not sure to what degree people can relate to my wake up story, but I know specifically talking to you, I know you can relate really well because I mean, you know what I was before very clearly, but that just like coming to of like, Holy crap, I was out, I was asleep. And then, you know, snap your fingers, you're awake. Part of my, Dealing with that, and you can kind of you can kind of tell if you've been listening or if you go back in, in earlier episodes, is I had just decided to shut out the mind because I didn't trust anything going on in the mind. But through this week, something happened where I learned how to integrate the mind, and I started to realize through the meditation because two things are happening in meditation that I wasn't really clear on going back before this last week. And that is 
the obvious where you're watching the mind, you're watching the mind's thoughts and, you know, they're just passing and you're just noticing. But then I started to realize how much my attention was also on my body. So it's on two things. It's on the mind and it's on the body. And then most of the time in meditation, like it's not the awareness on the body is you're just trying to get more and more relaxed. You're just trying to settle in more and more relaxed. But then I started to realize as long as I have my body relaxed, then my mind is okay. It's not really steering me wrong. Now, it can amp up. It can start to get going. And because of my personality traits, it will change brain waves and it will it will bounce up into it. But I noticed that because it just starts repeating itself. So you get on to like a really good idea and it's like you got to break it down. Like you just broke it down twice. You want to break it down 97 times? Okay, we can stop now. But all of that's just awareness. And so I don't need to guard against that because I'm going to see I'm going to see that. And then you just get a little bit of a moment of waking up throughout your day. If if the mind wants to build on like a good concept that you've taken from the heart or from the source. But it was like a week of like understanding how to integrate my mind into my daily awareness. Whereas before I was more stuck on, and I don't think there's anything wrong. I think there's actually probably periods where I'll have to go back to that state where you're just trying to be quiet and aware in the breath and just not have anything going. I mean, that is a, that is a useful method as well, but it just, my new understanding is like, I've been fearing the mind more than I need to be. And it's kind of opened up a lot of different doors for me. Indeed you have. That's been one of the things I've noticed uh, challenging for you. But yeah, that's uh, good to hear you come to some of your realizations Especially, I guess now you can see like the my hand is such an integral part of my spirituality because, like even right now as I'm talking, it's a in tandem thing. Like I feel my hand glow warm, just kind of keeps me grounded to where I don't go in la la land and in some kind of thought or which is it's kind of hard. To, it's happened a couple of times on the podcast where my mind has gone off and I've shared it, but just in general that's that's what i use is um preferably my right hand and my right hand has been like my ride or die for the last 25 years and i do when i meditate i'll you know go into the toes and you know do the whole body scan because i think it's good for all your cells and and i think it checks your cells just by you know, what we've talked about, you know, kind of do an organ run through and, you know, a chakra run through. But as far as how I'm talking to you, then anytime I want to stay grounded, like my right hand is 
that's what I use. That's what I've always used. And that's, that's what I go to after your awakening. I did have, you know, the, the breath that really became like a second right hand for me because I had never really had the kind of breath that I have now. So that's been very useful as well because, you know, when I'm driving down the road and I'll, I'll use the breath just as much as I use the hand before. Um, but yeah, it's, that's pretty cool. You look good. You look a little refreshed. Yeah. And it's funny because once again, I'm working backwards from an event. So, I mean, I think you kind of have to go into it because it's not something that You know, I just um, had awareness or understanding of. It didn't come like it was. It was an event that leads to the understanding. And I mean, I know what one of the big things that I recognized early on is I wanted to do. I wanted to do intense dream analysis. Like as soon as I started looking into dream analysis, the subconscious and astral projection, I was definitely being pulled in that direction. And there was a lot of, um, a lot of effort, a lot of changes, a lot of discipline setting me up my alarms at three 30 in the morning. I mean, that's been a consistent thing. Um, just trying to, set the intent on like moving forward with that process. And, um, it's, it's definitely paying dividends, but really a lot of it was had to do with, I mean, you broke through first and I kind of, I kind of felt like I knew that was going to happen too, but you had a, um, a pretty intense experience that I know changed some things in you as well. You want to go into that first? Cause it was actually a lot of like your hints and stuff. Like when you got there, you, you kind of knew exactly what to say method wise in terms for me to get there as well. As far as astral projection. Well, you, you had very specific things to do with the mind's eye. You had very specific, I mean, we were kind of, we talked early on about the importance of the download, the importance of waking up still. Um, Like we kind of were on that, but then you were putting it into practice and you were like, dude, that's it. I mean, waking up still is a big key, but so you had like a bunch of things and then I was having trouble get, getting there, but then there was uh, one morning where you just, you kind of stayed on me. It was like three mornings in a row and you were just like, make sure this, make sure that it's the mind's eye. It's falling asleep. You remember all those conversations we yeah, had? Yeah. So the mind's eye, yeah. The mind's eye for me is if it's very active when I first wake up, but I'm, 
I've had a full rest. So there's no ability for me to fall back into a deep sleep just because I've had at least six hours of sleep. So I was saying to you, hey, if you're if you're waking up at three thirty and you try to get back into that first wave, that there is a potential to fall asleep before you get involved with the mind's eye. For me, when I happened, it was either, well, the astral projection story was in the very beginning. But as far as remembering and downloading in the activity of the mind's eyes when you first wake up in the morning and then staying super still because that story that I have, I don't know if I've shared it on the podcast, have I? No. So the story, do you want to hear the story? Yeah. Okay. So, and I don't know why it doesn't happen more often. And it could have something to do with the the line, the aligning. Like there may, we may figure out like there's 15 times a year that, that we're going to be able to do this when there's an eclipse or something, because there is nights where I feel like there's nothing. There's nights where I feel like there may be something that I don't remember one of the key things for me was that download because I did not know the whole story, but you had just told me, you know, some of the methods that Gene Hart used as far as downloading is when you wake up and you first start to recall what happened. And one, you can go back with a proper grounding technique, but two, if it's over, how do you get the whole story? You get the whole story by, discipline and really not moving, not shuffling. Like you said, not turning over. Um, you're just really waiting as everything is processing and downloading. And if you turn over and get comfortable, that sends the cue for your body that you're back. I'm just going to settle in and go back to sleep. The discipline of not moving is just saying, I'm not going back to sleep. I need to stay here, even if it's uncomfortable. And it's weird how you use the word download, but the first half of it just popped into my head. I'm like, oh man, there it is. That explains it. So the story goes, I was in a house that I don't have very many details of. I do know that I was there for roughly two weeks and I kept going to this hallway and this hallway, um, at the end of the hallway, there was like a six foot desk and there were two ladies that worked there and I kept trying to get past them and I could never be successful. And I was waiting for, a license to be engraved. Don't really know what that symbolizes, but to me, it's like, you know, in movies, you see the key maker, the engraver. To me, I was at the door of some kind of gatekeeper, gatekeeper, key maker. Those are very substantial characters in the matrix in in, in those realms, 
I wasn't successful with these ladies and I, and, and I, to the tune of, I would leave and go back the next day and go back the next day and go back the next day. Finally, it'd been, you know, I'd come back several times, probably a couple weeks. And just like you would do at a department store or anything that you're unhappy with, with a car or, you know, you're, you're like, okay, I, I just need to talk to your boss at this point. Like I've been coming back here for two weeks. I just need to go to the top guy. I just need to talk to your boss. So further down, it's like, oh, he's right here. So just walk down another table and you're talking to the boss man. So I'm talking to the boss man and, you know, very cordial, making friends or whatever. Not like it's hard to get past this guy or whatever. And uh, before you know it, we're standing outside. So it was apparent that I got through something, you know, this hallway as though I was, I was being persistent and uh, finally got through. And then I was on the outside and having a conversation with this guy. A couple other things happened. I won't go into details about that, but it, it cleared me to go in what I would call a demon house. And me and you have talked about what, a golden sword does as far as how you can do work. And that's kind of lining up with how I'm seem to be operating. Although I hadn't received a golden sword at this point. So, uh, but anyway, whatever work I did as far as persistence wise, keep in mind, I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware of what I'm doing the whole time. I don't necessarily know what the goal is until I get into this demon house, but I get into the demon house and I start walking around. And again, it's like a box rectangular, you know, everything's very boxy and rectangular that, that I'm in, but this you can tell is, you know, there's some asleep people in a different realm in this place. So I call it a demon house, but I'm not saying like there's these dragons and demons that are just trying to scare me. I'm saying it's descended consciousness box. I just landed myself in. So, right. I, I, there is like a front door and I walk around to the front and you're sitting in like a lounge chair. So I know you're there, but I don't necessarily interact on you. I just know, okay, Caden's here. And there's another person, uh, that I know, but I know they're asleep and there's a lot of demon work going at play. Do you remember what I said when I walked up? I told that to you. Yeah. I was no everything we've said like in in my mind it's always about the question whoever you're going to walk up to yeah like um yeah with you is why am I so angry and I don't even know if it's a question at that point but I'm saying someone that really I guess in an involuntary situation what's the one thing what's the one statement what's the one question that's going to like spark something and for the life of me I'm trying to remember what that statement or question was but it was pretty damn good. 
because <laughs> I, it was just one statement like, how long are you going to be asleep? Or I don't even think it was that invasive, but whatever it was, I remember walking up and getting on one knee and saying this statement, processing what that was going to be on the way up. Like, what's the one thing you're going to be able to tell the monster in front of you? Symbolically monster. That's going to rile them up. You know, what's going to wake them up in this realm? I mean, this is like a descended consciousness house. What's the one thing that's going to poke the bear? So I went and got in one knee and I said what I said. And that sparked a reaction, just like it would here. If you were to, you know, we talk about angry people and I went and poked them and I said something, I could, I could poke the bear here, just like you would do here. But in there, in this realm, it was like, bing. And I knew you were 10 feet to the left. So after I did that, it turned into like ravaging dogs that were coming after me. So I set off the demons. I go and sit next to you and they come and jump on me and they get on my chest and it's just like devour mode, right? It's like, oh my God, they're just going, you know, those where you just feel like you're just getting, if I had to like, if I, if I had any kind of way to explain it, like you're being electrocuted, like I was just in that realm, just felt like shocks, like just overwhelming on top of me. And you were on my left hand side. And I pulled at that time, I was like, okay, Kane's here. We're obviously on some sort of mission. He's here. So let me, pu I pulled your left arm over me. And when I pulled your left arm over me, it was, it was like, okay, can this help ground or, you know, just help soothe the pain right now as I'm being devoured by demons. And I turned to you and I said, that's not enough. <laughs> and I took my thumb and I stuck my thumb in your mouth. I stuck my thumb in your mouth. And when I did that, I discovered something because I came back to my body and I understood what sleep paralysis was. I was my awareness. I come back to my body and for the first time in my life, I wasn't terrified when I couldn't move. I looked down at my arms and my legs and I said, I can't move. And then I also said, I'm on a mission. And, and then I also was like, my thumb is in Kane's mouth. I have a way back. I have a way back. Yeah. I could feel you licking my thumb while I'm laying, my left hand's laying over Patty. I could feel you licking my thumb. I said, it's not over. I got to go back. I came back multiple times during that testing that ground. I could feel my thumb in your mouth while I was in my bed at my house. But it kept me with it kept me from going back in the body. It kept me from getting scared. It kept me from retreating back in the body like most people do. Like most people yeah. who are astral projecting, they come back and and they're not there. I you almost like start gasping. You're like you're calling your soul to come back. It's and it's you're sending off alarm bells. I didn't do that with the ground. With the ground, I was able to sustain it was no fear no fear whatsoever so i go back and i endure this i keep enduring i just endure i endure and i endure until i felt like the mission was over when everything was done 
I settled in, right? I didn't remember the first part of this with the hallway and trying to get into this house. When I came back to the body, I could feel my blood pressure had been raised up when I was coming back. It's like you're coming back to check on your body because you know you're going through a stressful situation. But normally you want to go through that stressful stressful situation with you coming back into the body. But I could feel in my head, my awareness, like my face was flushed, like my blood pressure was going up from the stress. So then when I finally came back and it was like the Neo scene where they lay the thing on his belly and it goes in. Yeah. He comes back. Oh, I'm fine. Right. Oh, I'm fine. I lay there and I remember what you said. I'm like, I'm not going to move because this was profound and I don't know what I don't remember because at this point, all I remember was demon house. I didn't move probably for like 45 minutes. And, and then I looked at the clock and all this had happened from like 10 to 12. It happened in the first part of the sleep. Now, When I think when it, it was early in the morning, no, I was laying there and I just remember my eyes wide open feeling like I had just went to war. Like my body was like, just like you just got ravaged by something ravaged. I could just remember like just resting after it, just resting, not sleeping, just resting. I don't think I discovered what had happened till in the morning because I woke up and, you know, the mind's eye is really active. Like I said, when, when you first wake up, but you're not tired enough to go back to sleep so you can stay in that first stage kind of at will. I then, I think I'd had trouble sleeping all night that night after 12, honestly, uh, just because I felt like I had gone through so much stress. I then at some point in the morning to try to, I think it was like more like six o'clock in the morning when I was just trying to like do a good meditation in the morning. I then, I think it's over. And then all of a sudden blacker than black starts coming across my screen, like blacker than black to where when it hits the side of your vision of your, what you could see of your mind's eye, it starts distorting the face. And I thought, my God, I brought one of these fuckers back. <laughs> I couldn't. And, and then I did what I would normally do in that situation. I just sat there and I, you know, used my awareness as not, I wasn't scared or anything. It didn't startle me. You mean you brought one of the demons through, through, through my awareness as it would normally do. Because you're awake. I'm awake. This is not a dream. This is not yeah. a dream. No, this is a Neo moment after he's awake, understanding that something was, uh, something actually was penetrated me. Like I'm sitting there with my thumb in your mouth and whatever I just poked just come and was just grappling at me and got in. Like that was the design of the whole mission. Yeah. So I do a meditation and I realize there's something in and, you know, dissolved it in the mind's eye and felt, felt like, you know, the face distort, like when something gets on the edge of your vision and goes out 
nothing painful or anything that's gone. And I, but I did have the realization like, man, that was a serious mission. And then I think I told you a couple of days later that I had another instance where I found another one yeah. and I had the crazy thing was I had the biggest synchronistic commercial, maybe five days later, I think it was on a Saturday morning. I was reading Jason Rosander's book, preparing for the next podcast, which this was, yeah, it would have been like four or five days after. I have the TV on like very faint. I'm, I'm sitting, it's like six thirty, seven in the morning. I'm reading the book, preparing. At the exact moment, I pull my head up, follow the regular yellow brick road, follow the yellow brick road. That Lexus commercial comes on. Going down the yellow brick road, obviously my cue is yellow and red. It's going through the whole process and then follow the yellow brick road, follow the, and then all of a sudden takes a detour right on the red road and then off to another dimension under the bridge. And then along the way, you know, there's that girl that goes against the window signifying like the demon coming out. And then after that, you know, you had the five motorcycles that were on their ass the whole time. He ends with the facial expression after everything's over. That's what I, oh, that's the most, I was, I was getting the sequence wrong. Okay. I got to tell, I got to finish the story. They get up to, they see the castle on the hill and his face is like, and it was the exact face I made. I'm like, what is going on? What are you people doing to me? What is the universe doing to me? Yeah. That's what happened. 12 o'clock, I downloaded everything. By 1 o'clock, I was back to sleep. I come back to that perfect time where your mind's eye is so active. I then get very active again. I go to the castle that I see in my mind's eye. I go to, you know, because I'm like, what does all this mean? I go t- up these stairs in the clouds, right? In the castle, just like in the Lexus commercial, except it's completely in the sky. While I'm going up to the castle, I'm like, Jesus, dude, am I going to see like God's face here? I'm actually aware enough to make that. And that's why even today I have a lot of opinions formed around God's face. Cause I don't even know if it exists. Because the whole time, like, the point was made to me, like, even unlearning that, you know, like, in religion, like, oh, in the end, you're going to see God face. Like, even unlearning that, I'm not completely sold on that after this experience. Because when I got up to, it had nothing to do with about a face. It was, I, I get up into the room of, of the castle, and arms just come down, and they hand me a golden sword. But none of it was about a face. It was just two hands that handed me a golden sword. And then I do this number. I look to my left, and you're smiling with a gold king's crown on your head. Just like that. (laughs) And it was all in synchronicity with that Lexus commercial to come on. And, And it was, to me, it was like, the biggest heartwarming commercial to watch I've ever seen because it just completely 
synchronicities are so huge for me now. And whenever you have something that big, signs are kind of different. You know, synchronicities are like universe. They are extremely odd and they're always on point and the timing is marvelous. But I, after that experience, I don't even know like the whole God's face thing. Like, I think we all represent God's face. Like everyone's looking for like, what's God's face going to look like in the end, but we're all consciousness. Like God's face is consciousness. But even the, the whole thing from the very beginning, like the question from the very beginning, who am I? Uh, it sent me bonkers. Because that's like the most beautiful question for the universe to ask as it blasts off. Who am I? But we yeah. all represent that. Who am I? And we're all living it out. Yeah, and then I did some scavenger hunts, and I found a place. It was actually a spiritual place, and they had lots of swords in the shop. I mean, there was tons of swords. I mean, there had to have been like 20 swords at this place, and they were like in different stations like around the shop, and they would have uh, like a little paragraph written about them, and then the lady just saw me looking at the swords and uh, we just started talking about the spiritual significance of swords. And she said that basically they're to direct and divide energy. And then she said, which sounds pretty simple, but I mean, it's a, it's a big thing because like with that power, you can create spaces and you saying that it was resonating with you, but um, you were like, well, I didn't have the sword before. But what I was trying to say was, but you have like, that could be like some sort of spiritual gift that now you're just getting reinforced with the sword. Right. And <clears throat> I just, it, it, when I heard her say that, I immediately thought like, wow, that explains a lot of what Luke did. Like he just set up shop, like brought a certain level of unconsciousness in there and then like went right to work. <laughs> it was like, yes. And that's the same for the Daryl story because I can't explain the place. Yeah. It's just a rectangular house as though it was cut out in the middle of nowhere. Like the Daryl yeah. thing exactly the way that hallway was there's yeah. nothing peculiar about that space and then one thing i did want to hit on would be like well luke how do you know that's astral projection can't say that i'm an expert expert on astral projection this is my one key factor my one key factor is my awareness coming back to the body when my awareness come back to the body and my thumb was in your mouth and I was able to not react to not being able to move my arms and legs, I knew I wasn't in the body. I knew I was coming to check on the body. So you can call that what you want to call. I, you know, I know Gene Hart has the moments where 
you know, you're aware when you actually pop out of the body, when you actually, you know, walk out of the bedroom, fly out of the house like Superman. I can't say that I did that. I do know I was in another place and I was coming back to check on the body. How I initially get there, I can't see the process as aware. And maybe it gets to that point. I'm, I'm completely 100% understand that it could get to that point but i think the biggest thing is how do we recall where we go how do we train ourselves how do we have discipline how do we treat ourselves when we come back how do you have like the faintest thing faintest moment that you're like okay yeah i knew i knew something profound was there so then my discipline kicked in i was like okay i just need to be still for and I was still for like 45 minutes until the rest of it come in. And that discipline maybe led into what happened with the castle and everything. I don't know. So there is a bit of a snowball effect there. But I would say skepticism wise it's a matter of do we remember or do we not remember? And I think the the experts in it are just guys like Gene Hart or that are so in tune with their bodies and understand the mechanics of it that are willing to have the discipline to give it a chance. And that's all I did. I was just like, well, let's just give it a chance to just, just follow some of the thing. Cause I followed exactly what you had told me. I know you've done a lot of gene heart work and I know you have another, a lot of knowledge. I just remembered what you told me in those moments. And then I applied them. I mean, it seems like when you do that with a good intent and a good heart that things happen. Yeah. And just for the record, like I have no awareness at all of, so you have two references to me there, but I, I definitely don't have any awareness of that. So that kind of lends like to the question of, Like, are, are you using a version of me that's also unconscious, but there's enough of a connection there still that you can still ground off of that? I have something to say about it. I mean, that, that, I, that's yeah. Open question. I, I don't have an answer. I want to hear your story next, but the reason why I told you if you're flying like Superman and you want to ground, look to your left and there I'll be because I don't think it mattered. Like you from 10 to 12, what I'm saying is at two o'clock in the morning, I may be not present or off somewhere, but you can find me what, whatever I'm doing, like it, at between 10 and 12, I don't know what the hell you were doing. You could have been right. doing something completely unconscious. I don't know. You could have been sleeping. You could have been doing something completely unconscious. But I, you were there no matter what it was. Now, you might have had some crazy meditation at 12, and I might have caught you. see what I'm saying? I might have caught you at a time where you were awake. I don't know what you were doing. That was an odd time. I couldn't believe it happened from 10 to 12. That's an odd, yeah. It was an odd time. I mean – We're, but just, we're both pretty awake, but I'm saying I could be like doing something 
maybe asleep at one o'clock in the morning and I tell you to look to your left and you're like, oh, Luke's asleep, but I could still use his mouth. Bam, put the thumb in. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what state I'm in. I'm saying just look to your left and there I'll be. Right. Right. I I get that part, but I'm just just to make things clear in terms of creating the record going forward. I don't have any awareness of interacting with you that night at all. No. And the only reason I say that is because I just I have a feeling that there is another level where there's double awareness. Yes, that's what we're waiting for. And if there's ever a story like that, it's going to be unreal, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate. I I mean, I can't imagine if I have a story and then I call you and you know exactly that story. I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I might have to take the day off. (laughs) I don't don't even know how I'm going to be able to handle that, but I think it's coming. Rebecca heard that story. Mine or I told yours? Her the whole story. Yours. Yours. I told her the whole story. And she goes, if I'm ever using you for a ground, I'm going to stick my thumb up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the same thing Patty would say. Yeah. Uh, I laughed so hard. It was about uh, one of the hardest times I've laughed in a long time. She just was uh, throwing that jab. <laughs> you got to think, funny. though, what the the goal of what I was using your mouth for was perfect. Yeah. I couldn't do it any – like I can't stick it in your eyeball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. I, had, right. I had to have the sensation to where it was going to ground me. Yeah. Yeah, that is weird, the sensations and like, yeah, when you say it like that, it does make sense because I have a lot of like unconscious, um, like moving into the subconscious, moving into like the unconscious realms and I had like a string of that where I was I was um I was doing that very very well and a huge part of a huge part of that was like different sensations like it's like exploring different sensations like like feeling dirty like not uh metaphorically dirty like actually dirty like in the mud dirty and then it's like why am I in the mud like unconscious and then you wake up and it's like it's like you're just trying to understand like all the senses in the body. It's, it's the sensation stuff. And then when you relate those back to the chakras, that's interesting too. Cause the, the taste is coming out or the mouth would be coming out of the root chakra but that's like the that is the grounding chakra that's where the connection to the ground is so that m- makes sense where they, there would be more strength 
with that sensation. So we had a series of texts and I remember sending you a text that, uh, that the last time you wake up may be the most helpful as far as seeing the mind's eye and staying and really just getting practice there. Just practice because my mind's eye is like super active then, but it can also go into like stupid stuff too. Like I have to be really disciplined. Like it can go into like the last storm and just because it's so active, but that's a super, super good time because you've gotten enough sleep that you can delve into that. I want to call it like the first stage. And that's when I see like the flashcards at will. I literally just be like, Hey, I want to see those flashcards. And then I start seeing cards flash. Like it's at will. That's the point when I went to the castle. I guess there was a series or a couple days that you were. I think there was one key point I made, like not so much effort to like very little effort. I'm missing like the key buzzword. I think that we had both realized And I think it has to do with the mind's eye. I think that the focus on like popping out of the body was it's pretty hardcore in the beginning. That you're just focusing on the mind's eye. Oh, that's big. Yeah, because the mind's eye, you got to think when you're in astral projection, your mind's eye is your eye. So. Right. Especially you think, too, when you die. Like that's your eye. Right. Just training, seeing through your mind's eye and understanding. I don't know if I hit the major point, but what's your Superman story? That's the point I'm getting to. Because you did have a breakthrough and you texted me that morning. You said, I got it. And then I talked to you and that was pretty amazing. Yeah, because you kept – it was like a couple of different mornings, and you um, you had a bunch – I mean, you were just confirming, like, how important waking up still, like, the download. We got confirmation of all that. Um, and then it was really just – I think what I was doing was it, – it, it's kind of like when – when I was talking at the beginning of the podcast, I think I was confusing the initiation of the mind's eye was, was pulling me so quickly to unconsciousness that I wasn't letting it happen. So I'm setting an alarm at three 30. So I have like, I have my going to sleep, the alarm goes off at 3.30, relocate, go to sleep again, get up eventually, then go back to bed and go to sleep again. So I have three times where I'm going to sleep when I do this. And the whole point is like to try to go through that process three different times. That's the whole reason I'm doing it. 
give myself more chances. And we were talking and I just, I was explaining that I would, when my, my mind's eye would get active, it was just pulling me to unconsciousness so quickly, which just would end up being sleep. So I started on the other end where I just wasn't letting that happen. And then I would have like a bunch of nights where it's like, man, I felt like I was just conscious all night, just laying there conscious all night. And you wake up, it's weird. Like you feel rested. Time is very, very weird. Like time does not make sense. It doesn't even feel like you've been laying there that long. Um, so I was, I had pushed it all the way the other way. And you were just trying to tell me to like, you gotta like, let the mind's eye go, but you have to also try to keep the awareness. And that was the key, like not fighting the mind's eye, not trying to like stop it from happening, let it go, but also keep the awareness as you go into the mind's eye much more di difficult to do than it is to say. Um, but this particular time I had set the alarm at three 30. I, so I've, I get down on my floor on the yoga mat and then I'm back in the bed. So this is my third time falling asleep for the night. And I felt myself like go into the mind's eye. Like you said, like the sensation of like falling asleep, I guess it's the same sensation. I, it was, I think maybe a little bit differently from, it was almost like a gravitational thing. It was like, like, Ooh, like, don't let it, don't have any expectations. Just go with it. Yeah. Instead of sometimes and, we look at the eyes like two dimensional and you're, it's like, what's going to drive this? It's going to be like getting familiar with wherever that mind's eye takes. It's going to be getting familiar with not these two eyes. Yes. But it was almost like that Neo where he's like, I'm in. I mean, as soon as I was in, I knew it. I was like, oh, I'm in. And my first view was like the dream setup. And as soon as it set up, like it was familiar. I'm like, oh, this is the dream I was having before. And it's like all playing out in front of me. And then there's like this guy. And then there's this girl. And the girl asks the guy, who are you? And the guy like looked right at me. And then it was almost like an exchange. And then so it's like I'm watching a movie but then I become the character. And like, so she asked the question and like, as I'm going, it happens quick, but like, he's already answering and it's not me. It's like, he's, he's answering and he, he just proclaims like, like he's talking to the heavens. He just, I am the Phoenix reborn. And that's like, as I'm like, and so when he says reborn, like that's me. So I'm, I, I get to like the, that end part of that statement. Like I took full awareness of whatever saying I am the Phoenix reborn. 
and I didn't think there was no nothing, but it was like just a load up from the ground, straight up into the air. And it was fast. I mean, it was like a block. I was blasting off like a rocket ship and I looked down and I was like, I knew I was on an Island. It was an industrial Island and there was nothing but water all around the Island. And it was, I was just gone. It was just, just kept going, kept going. And it, it felt amazing. It was, um, just what's going on in the body is just pure exhilaration. It's, it's, it's one of the best feelings I've ever felt. I mean, it's just, just, I can't even really describe it. It just feels amazing. And I got so high up, I couldn't see the Island anymore. There was like nothing to see, but like, I wasn't stopping. I was still going. And I started to ask, like, how, how am I doing this? And like that, I was really trying to process, like, I've got to figure this out. Like, what's going on? How am I doing this? And that was definitely not the right way to go because, I mean, it was almost like I created like a rubber tether or something, like as soon as I said it, because what that version of me that's like going up. It was like, nah, bitch, you ain't bringing your head in this mess. And it just like kicked me out. And then so it just keeps going. And now I'm falling back to the body. And then I'm just there and I don't get that back and forth or anything. So I'm just back in the body. But when I got back in the body, like that sensation of exhilaration was still in the body. Same thing. I I had that stress. Yeah. When you had exhilaration. Yeah. And it was, I mean, it was amazing. It was, um, there's, there's a lot of skeptical stuff and there was, there ends up being like a lot of backstory and a lot of forward story. So, I mean, I guess the first thing to say is like I I was having before all this like a lot of synchronicities with uh my son Mason and one of them was recently he just kind of out of the blue I mean he's 15 now he just finished his football season and um uh, he's like we should all watch Harry Potter as a family which we've done multiple times. And I guess it's kind of timed with the holidays that we end up doing it every holiday. But I just thought it was nice that he was like, he was initiating, like, let's all do like this family thing that we've done before. So I just thought it was interesting. So we're watching Harry Potter. And in the second Harry Potter, the Phoenix is a big, huge part of that movie. So it's, it plays a part, like it takes out the demon's eyes, like in this last battle scene with Harry Potter, like the Phoenix is like a a huge integral part to the whole plot. And so it was after that, that I have this 
Phoenix dream. So skeptically, you could say like, well, you just saw a movie and then had a dream about the movie. But it's that's not what's happening inside me. Like I can I can see the old version of myself, like adding things up that way. But what's happening inside of me is like, wait. I already had like moments with him, weird moments with him where I'm like seeing his heart. I've had dreams about him where he's been really heart strong in my dreams. Then he asked to watch this movie, which is out of character for the family. He normally would have been Logan or it would have been mom. And then right after, like that feeds into this meaningful dream experience I have on my own. So it's weird. Like I, I don't accept like that skeptical thing that I used to accept. Like it's way more meaningful than that. And what I think is really interesting is the aftermath. And this is what, when I was talking about with the laying on your back with your arms out, like you're leaning on the cross, my mind's eye after this has been something different than what it was before. I guess it's just, acceptance or faith or something like that acceptance of the mind's eye like i can see like i wasn't accepting it like so i did one of those meditations and i i there's a such a insane gap in time like we were talking about time this one is like i thought i was there for 10 minutes i was there for 90 i mean i lost so much time and i came to and I was like, because I I had to like pick up Logan. So I'm coming up off the floor and I was deep in the mind's eye, not asleep, but I couldn't recall it. Like what I actually needed to do is download it. Like at noon during the day, I needed a download, but I just, I jolted up so quickly that I didn't do it because I had responsibilities to take care of and literally lost track of time. So the mind's eye has opened like something, something opened there that wasn't functioning right before. And another process is during the day, I'll be walking around and I can look at the clouds and I can just remember like him looking at me. Like there's this weird thing where he starts to say it. Like I am the Phoenix, but then at the end, like I am it. So I get this weird, like I can see him and then I join him. I can see him and I join him. I can see that clear as day in my mind's eye, even still. But the next thing is like taking off. So like when I look at like some cloud ridges and stuff, like it starts that process in me. And then my body feels that exhilaration. This is like days after where something happens in the mind's eye that creates a response in the actual cells in the body. It happened so bad in the truck that I was like, I don't think I should do this when I'm driving because it's very, very weird. Like, I feel like I'm about to take off like from the ground <laughs> and it sounds nuts. I know it sounds nuts 
when I when I say it, it, it sounds nuts even when I think it. But I there's something about that feeling that is just accepted. And it's it's very, very weird. It but what it's taught me is that connection between the mind and the body. And it's taught me like really, really tangible evidence of the mind's ability to affect states in the body. I mean, and this goes to like the whole thing we've been talking about from the beginning. Like just, um, you know, even if you're present, you know, getting up and driving the truck to work or, you know, pumping gas or going to the grocery store, like these hypnotic states that we get in, like, even if you're present, like you're addicted to that state of that mind body connection all the time. And then you get this break where it's like, Oh my God, look at what's possible. Look at what is possible with this connection. And now I'm just in this like complete new mode where I'm like, what is possible with the mind's eye? What is possible? And what can you train it to do in terms of helping you understand states in the body? We talked about the bridge work. That was one of the big things we talked about. Bridge work was a huge key word when you brought up downloading during the day that kind of hit me hard because there are moments when i feel like something is going on in the mind's eye that i don't recall and uh, the only thing that i'm sometimes wondering is like am i having some kind of simultaneous life that because I get a split second like memory of something. I'm like, when did this happen? Like, what, what what's going on? And I think it's exactly what you just said, especially when you start to work on that bridge work. Because time is definitely... Explain bridge work just for... So bridge work, to me, is you have your two eyes. You have meditation and the bridge work is really when we talk about the download, how do you, first of all, remember, but how do you, how do you get better with your mind's eye? How do you open your mind's eye? And how do you bridge that into your human form and remember it in your brain? So we can talk about it on a podcast. How do you remember it? So I can tell the story that I told tonight, you know, the bridge work is we're probably doing a lot of things outside our body when we're sleeping, but the discipline comes in in the bridge work because all that gets lost. Uh, as soon as we make the decision to write it off or go back to sleep or not have the discipline to download it into our brains to where we can have a conversation about it. The bridge bridge work is all of that encompassed. It's all of, opening up that mind's eye, but then understanding it to a degree that you're going to be able to have a conversation about where it goes. 
is it something you're necessarily supposed to be doing here? I think so. It's just, you have so many distractions that I think we're getting in touch with what you said on the last podcast. There's other parts of the world that are thousands of years ahead of us that worked on these, like in this country and, you know, modern world, it's about court culture and it's about, you know, ego structure justifications and none of it is about going inward and mastering like chakras and the mind's eye is one of those chakras and you know in western society we're kind of way behind on that so when you say are we really supposed yeah i think so we're just we've been really 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 asleep so when you start to discover you start to discover 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 (laughs) like yeah, right. why wouldn't we supposed to? I mean, if you're able to do it and then recall it and we've been practicing for a few weeks and we practice for a few months and a few years, what do we become? You keep ascending and you keep working on that bridge work. So then the bridge work becomes like the chakras. It's not something that all me and Kane are experts at the bridge work. Like we might do a podcast in two weeks where we get better at that too. It's just the bridge work is probably never going to end. You know, it's just, yeah. it's always a revolving work in project progress, but you're talking about, so the bridge work would be from an aware state of awareness, like during the day you have your mind's eye, but then taking that awareness actually into the mind's eye. Yes. That's the bridge from the form to the no form just like you keep saying like you the eye is something i mean that is the eye without the eyes yes and then you you know like the bridge work as far as yeah you have to take the awareness there because if not you're going to get the anomalies through the day when you prop when you start to work on the bridge work which i don't think this is outlandish at all that me and you would be having moments in time where you're like for a split second you're like where was i well, you might have been somewhere for like an hour time, 30 minutes, but there wasn't a right. successful download. So it, it might have been a blip on your radar, you know, right. But the time lapse because it, yeah. Yeah. And another way to say it just for like the more intellectual or like, and it's Einstein, it's like E equals M squared. I mean, so if matter is also energy, so the whole idea would be at every single moment in time, like you can choose to manifest as the matter, which is what we all do all the time. That is manifest that, that, that as the point matter. Give me chills because I have studied E equals MC squared and you right. are right on the, on the nose. If energy is matter is that's exactly what right. your mind's eye represents. Yeah. So you don't have to manifest the matter. You can at the, you can, change the awareness and manifest the energy and that's what the mind's eye represents that's the bridge like take the awareness from the matter into the energy and that's physics that's i mean is it oh is it a particle or is it a wave i mean that goes down to the quantum level with energy and your mind's eye. I think you have the ability to do things that create spaces, what you what you want to call it as well. Because when you apply your mind's eye with that energy, 
you're kind of limitless. The bridge work yes. is finding out how limitless you are because we're only limitless to the amount of bridge work we do. Cause if, if you can't download what you're doing, then we're not going to be able to have a conversation about it. So I, I think one of the most important for important points for us this last week was how do we master bridge work? How do we master that? Because that's going to be the most key things that we do. Cause you had a, experience i had an experience you can't have experiences unless you can successfully take it from there and download it to you and it's a process it's a process it's one of discipline it's one of patience it's one of really just taking the technique and applying it that the bridge work isn't really rocket science the bridge work is just doing your homework and doing it it's one, one o'clock yeah, yeah one o'clock in the morning all you want to do is go back to sleep like yeah. i that's another point too when i when i had my experience i was almost basically basically sitting up i was laying down but you know you have a couple pillows under your head so i was you know my head it wasn't straight up but it was close yeah but when you wake up if you have something profound even if you wake up and you have something, you're like, ah, I don't know how big that was. Uh, just turn over and go to sleep. Nine times out of ten, I still do that. I've had stuff happen. I'm like, I remember like five seconds. I don't think it was that big. The one thing that in that particular instance was, whoa, that was this is this is huge. One, you were there. I'm like, no, I'm going to have to do the discipline on this one. But everything in you wants to like roll over and go back to sleep. So it does take. Yeah. Discipline. Yeah. What it really opened my eyes eyes to was, I mean, with yours and like the creating spaces and the direction and division of energy. And I think my takeaway was my ability with, my mind to affect the body and then how you have it in the experience, but then it's not over when the experience is over. It's like, you're literally reprogramming your neurons to like understand and duplicate a sensation in the body. But that sensation of the body is like clearly some form of higher vibration. And so I didn't realize like that connection. I'm like, oh, I can learn to like physically vibrate. It's a feeling in the body. What's a feeling in the body? The feeling in the body is just an emotional response. It's a chemical reaction happening in the body that's like literally vibrating my cells to like this level of exhilaration. But that's all being controlled by the mind. So the mind like setting its intent and I still have a little bit of like stuff in the environment is, is cluing me in on it. So you see like a, I don't know if I'm seeing like the, it's a certain cloud ridge that I see that is almost spontaneously starts it. And then I can feel it in my body. And the sensation in the body is to such a degree where I'm kind of surprised I'm still on the ground 
because it seems like I'm about to go. But the reason why that's important is not because like that that's fun or that's exhilarating. It's it's a demonstration of the mind body connection. And there's so many hypnotic states that we put we become addicted to all kinds of states in the body. Like the mind is doing something that creates a state in the body and we just become addicted to all these like unconscious mind body patterns. But I feel like they were just all illuminated to me like all at once where I'm like, oh, it was just this big moment of, oh, like don't turn away from the mind. The bridge work is not at the 3.30 alarm or where you go to bed, the bridge work is all the time. No doubt. I would like you to share the mind's eye techniques. I think we've been saving. Um, I did have that experience. It seems like it's a little less active than normal since that happened, especially the last three or four days. But you had said you have some techniques to, can you share those? Yeah. Um, I did have one more point. Um, just curiosity, just to get it on the table. Um, In, in the dream analysis, in the dream work, if you remember where I was before, like I was kind of almost disgusted with myself because I kept setting my intent to try to gain lucidity in the dreams. And I was consistent. I was doing the discipline. I was writing everything down, but I kept falling into dreams of like just complete unconsciousness. So, I mean, it was like, right. I had cowered in fear. I had, um, anger. I you know, lustful. I mean, I had gone through all these States right? where I'm in there. Like that's me, but I'm just like, there's no awareness at all. So I had spent weeks like that, if not a month or two like that, where, I mean, I have it in my journal upstairs. I could say exactly how long it's been, but um, I had spent a lot of time with that to the point where like I might have even knocked myself out of that pattern because it's not like I'm disgusted with a behavior of the dream realm. I'm disgusted with how unconscious that awareness is inside that dream. But then when you look at it with this new experience, like was the light of my awareness like on the, because they don't duplicate. Like, was all of that adding fuel to the fire that ends up being this other event? So if each one of those, like I'm coming to and I'm like, that's unconsciousness. I see it. That's unconsciousness. I see it. And then I have 10 of those. 
is that like filling up the gas tank for some other type of experience where like once once consciousness is ready to be so you have basically descending consciousness and we've talked about it like is there a rebound re- effect that's going to lead to ascending consciousness do enough work in the descending consciousness and you can build fuel to do the ascending consciousness. And I don't know. I'm just asking. I mean, it doesn't make sense too much because it you're it for you it makes sense because you're aware of it. So even if you know, ten times in descending, it's preparing you for your eventual ascent because your discipline and awareness is going to get you there. But I mean, I can't say that for the woman who's about to jump out of the window. I mean, she's going to descend and may never come back. Right. You know, for for your particular situation with your discipline and your, I think you're spot on. I think you're observing your situation as like perfectly, but everyone who descends into unconsciousness, I mean, some of them propel, but probably most of them don't until someone grabs their hand and yanks them out. But I think you just described you to a T like you couldn't help, but propel yourself. I didn't matter if it was a hundred times. I mean, you had the d- discipline and awareness is as though you, you saw unawareness, but you were aware. That's what you want. Yeah. So. Yeah, I just it's only I was a matter just, of time before you pop yourself out. So yeah, you you were doing like you're doing your own spiritual playground thing. You're doing your neo thing again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's doing his neo. Thing. Yeah, because I I had got to the point where it was almost like frustrated, and I might have even kind of set because i got so frustrated i might but my point is like man when i look back on it now i because it was it was always awareness of unawareness and then because you're because you're mapping it out with the journaling like these aren't duplicating like i'm getting different ones each time and then like if the light is awareness i mean my point being like, I could have been like way more active in that process than I even realized because I'm just shedding light on that awareness or I'm sorry, shedding light on that unawareness, but that could have been like energy releasing that I've been banking up all this time and not even necessarily aware of it because when the event happened with the I'm the Phoenix reborn, like the the rocket fuel involved in that awareness is kind of hard to explain. It's like looking at it from a third person, like the energy to like get into it in first person. And then once that whole thing aligned, It was almost like my whole, I mean, the raw spiritual power that 
I was involved in at that particular time was like, was like com- completely mind boggling. It was just, there was so much raw energy power. But w- when I look back on it, I'm like, holy cow, maybe I was filling up a gas tank that whole time. And I just didn't realize it. And then like, as soon as there was like a moment of awareness where like a couple of things trigger, like my son asked to watch Harry Potter, like a couple of things lined up to where my awareness was brought in hardcore to the mind's eye. And it's like, as soon as that happens, you take off like a rocket ship without a moment of thought or hesitation. It's like, holy cow, maybe I had been filling up that gas tank that whole time. I mean, it's possible, but I mean, I still think as soon as you became aware of it, it was going to be a rocket ship no matter what. Yeah. Because there's no thought at that point. So exactly the way it happened is exactly the way I thought it would happen with you. Yeah. Oh boy, let's go fly. (laughs) (laughs) I can't say that I have that experience because I, mine seems to be like really spiritual warfare type missions. Always like even there, I, I wasn't supposed to be there. It was like two weeks. It was, it was going back and, then eventually having to get through the key holder. That's the, one of the most significant things I can express to you is, is the fact of there's always something so profound about the key maker, the engraver, yeah. that person. And that's what I was trying to get past. And in those different realms, the fact that there was a key holder that I was trying to get to speaks volumes of where I was at or what place this was. It was pretty, me looking back in hindsight, uh, you know, the symbolization of an engraver or the service that I was getting done, it just blares at me that. Um, and, and there's mis- mystery behind a key order, like key maker. You really can't put your finger on like that particular character in movies. There's always a bit of mystery around them. Yeah. So mine, I know I, de- I haven't had a Neo moment to that I'm of aware of. The, um, other thing that's interesting is that with the journaling, um, people talk about mapping the dream scape. And so in this one, I, I thought it was industrial. Like I would have labeled the landscape industrial. But that's really interesting because when we were flying on the hang gliders, that's the other time I used the word industrial. So the setting is 
And then people like try to map them out like industrial, residential, like city, desert, um, like Garden of Eden. Like people put together like entire dream maps. And what's really crazy is like they they seem to sometimes synchronize with other people's dream maps. So just something to keep in mind as you're looking around or just make sure you, if you do get a sense of a, um, a setting description, but my only point in bringing that up is I've already had industrial twice and both the times I'm in industrial, I've ended up flying one of the times you were there, but then once you can draw that connection in your subconscious and just in terms of staying it out loud, like I don't spend too much time in industrial areas in my waking life. So you're sending that signal. Like if I find myself in an industrial area, ask yourself if you're dreaming. Most of the places in and out of the matrix in the movie were industrial areas. Yeah, there's there's a lot of city. There's a lot of like New York City too. Yeah. But yeah, there's a ton of industrial stuff. Right. So I there was a lot that was hitting me in the um I was seeing Neo sitting in the chair with his head plugged up in the back of his head. I was seeing Neo getting hit by the agent when blood starts starts to come out of his mouth and Trinity wipes his mouth. Yeah. That's the image I was getting from the demon fest that was going on me while I was still plugged in with my thumb. All of that was being shown to me at the time. All of it. Yeah. It's like going into the matrix and accomplishing something. And then when I brought something back like that, it was like, wow, I cannot believe I had an agent moment where something was actually in me. And then my awareness got it out blacker than black. It was a pretty cool moment, man. I mean, I wish I could uh, experience it more. And I mean, I, I believe we'll get to that point, but a lot of it has to do with the mind's eye work. Yeah, and that that bridge work, what I'm noticing is like so part of the process like part of um part of the bridge work and on like not not so specific like trying to get into the mind's eye but just trying to like bridge your energy awareness and your matter awareness and part of that is like what we were talking about early on like weeks and weeks ago like you're driving around, like don't be so certain about things. Like move around the world with a sense of adventure. Like don't understand that as a gas station and you just know what it is and you don't have to like have more wonder in the world. You know, 
take the trees as an example. Um, look at the sky as an example. Don't try to read words. Try to move in the world as if you're floating through space on a rock that's in infinity. Like you don't know what's certain and what's not. Why are you so sure of yourself all the time? Trying to get that idea of adventure to sink in. Like we were talking about it um, early on, but now there's like, there's additions to that where that, that mind's eye can create reactions in the body where it's instantaneous, where you kind of check yourself, like, am I dreaming? Because the whole point, like, in order to ask, like, am I dreaming in the dream, you, you want to build up like part of your persona, part of your personality wants to be always asking that question, like, am I dreaming? But you can't just go around saying it. You can't just go around and like commit to saying that to yourself. I mean, that's probably a good place to start if you if you're if you're starting completely from square one. But you want to be like saying it in your heart. You want to be like really wondering. And what happened this last week is my two worlds got a little confused where like I was really asking like in my waking self. And I know that that's going to have um, repercussions in my dreaming self. So you're building these systems. It's like retraining your relation with the environment around you. It's the same way we talk about the birds, how, they whistle you to attention and then there's that gratitude. And we've even, I think, said it on the podcast. Like if I could just have more birds in my dreams, then I would come to attention a lot more. So that's my prayer. Can I have more birds in my dreams, please? Because I see how that interacts with me. But what I'm realizing now is there's all these different ways to rewire it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can start to build systems where I'm constantly reminded to like deeply ask, like, what is my state right now? Am I energy or am I matter? So there's just this new frontier in front of me where I'm like, holy cow, like my brain on this project is about to blast off. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I had that story last Tuesday when uh, when I, uh, a lot of what I hear you saying is I have a job that I can apply some of this and I uh, I apply it all the time and I did last Tuesday and we had the follow-up meeting this Tuesday and without getting into many details, I didn't have a plan last Tuesday and it started out with a couple inclinations and a couple text messages. There's a couple people I hadn't met and this is all just me driving. I knew I wanted to go to a particular area where I'm at most of the time. And 
a thought came into my head and I texted this person. One person didn't answer. I texted another person. I hadn't met this person before. And I thought, well, maybe now's the time. They told me where I was at. I drove straight to that location, ended up being a decision maker, ended up leading to a 30-minute conversation, ended up leading to a meeting today where it's a blank slate. And I get to be at the beginning of that blank, blank slate. In my business, that's... how many more of these can I do? I can't tell you like when you get to like this level and you want to create the loyalty, you want to start at square one, but it's like finding a needle in a haystack. And I find all the needles and, and at, at the timing and even the management above me, it's unexplainable. And I tell them it's unexplainable. And I <laughs> truly, truly, I just had one open that I've been working on for three years. You know the name of it. And now there's going to be one branched off from that too. And they want to grow. It's just the moral of the story is there is the gas station moments for me where you can get in a period of redundance. Like on Thursdays, I know I'm going here. Wednesday or whatever I'm going here. It's the days where you want to create magic where I don't have anything to do with the timing. And it's like I tell the people above me too. The initial process of prospecting never has a plan. But when it is revealed to me, like, oh, this is it? Now the planning is in a high gear. Like, I already had the meeting today, and then we're planning out. I mean, the planning is on steroids now. The initial prospecting never has a plan. That's all, like, universe and timing. I've seen it happen yeah. too many times. It's all it is is timing and, 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 and timing and me knowing how to tap into that timing. And I have no idea how I do it other than some of the key points that you just hit on. And really it has nothing to do with me, me being smart or anything like that. It just has something to do with me knowing that doing something, it's an adventure and with a good heart, with no plan gets you miraculous timing time and time again. Yeah. And then I think a big part of it too is I was, I was just, I was so afraid of the unconsciousness. I was so, I mean, that was like my last fear uh, where I just didn't want unconsciousness. And so I was just frantically holding on almost to the point where, I mean, there must've been just way too much effort going in. And the, the way it changes now is 
like on a daily level. And this is what it just, what I learned from meditation is, is this applying the lessons learned from some deep meditative understanding on like what's actually going on, like in that state. And, but now when I'm walking around, I can just, because my brain is so active, I can just monitor the body. And as long as the body is not like getting amped up or angry or responding to something, then whatever's going on in the brain's just, it's just running. So it's fine. So it's just awareness in the body. And then if it's getting out of control, all that's going to do is give you a moment where like you can come to. So, or better, or give you a moment where you can wake up like, Oh geez, I just lost it. I'm awake now. Oh geez. I just lost it. I'm awake now. But so that's actually happening a lot more now, but then I'm starting to realize like if that happens 50 times during the day, then why wouldn't that system also happen 50 times at night? So you're, you're, I'm, in the process of letting this all go and just kind of settle in this new rewired system, I'm realizing how much I naturally like wake up and analyze my own dream state. It happens very, very often now. But that's made me super excited because that's the mechanism you need at night. And that's all the nighttime is. The nighttime is just following what the daytime is and vice versa. So if you're creating this system where you're snapping to during the day, that system is going to be there at night as well. So it's like there's a mechanical question like, are you dreaming in my heart? That's like automatic now. And that's from that whole experience. It's, and it's just, and I'm not afraid of it anymore. I'm just like, the more it happens, the more I'm like, yep, you just keep doing that. You just keep, you keep building that new system. You keep rewiring it to that direction. Cause I know exactly what I'm going to do with that. So it's just like the system's in motion and it just has nothing but my total, uh, acceptance behind it and not just acceptance like um in enthusiasm yeah how do you explain the synchronicities that happen with that commercial because it might have been the most synchronistic event that's ever happened to me although the the synchronicities have been so insane I probably know the answer to it anyway, but wrapping my monkey brain around it is, and I do accept it as meaning, but man, like I just can't explain that commercial at that time. Having said the story that I just told you about work and immaculate timing and everything that goes along with it. And then to have that moment, I literally, I don't even remember, like, I mean, but I, I don't know if it was emotions or what, but that commercial hit me hard. 
because it was almost a for it wasn't verbatim the the dream but the it, it was verbatim like the sequence like it in in the facial expressions and the things that happened inside and the yellow brick road in in the beginning follow the yellow brick road like keep doing the bridge work right turn on onto the red road going through like how does that synchronicity happen and i'm not even sure if that's the first time i've seen the commercial maybe i have or haven't but how does it the timing involve i'm reading a book i'm not even watching and synchronicities happen like this all the time like even when you're listening to someone on on audible or you're listening to a radio like you're not listening until the three words that hit you and it's like no turn your awareness on now this is the synchronized bam oh what why did i turn it on then why did my eyes look up when that's when that started like none of it makes sense for my monkey brain and yes, it does give me a lot of affirmation as far as what happened and, and everything. But man, when you talk about matter and energy, like what in the world are we affecting? Yeah, it reminds me of like when we were talking about the now and relating it to infinity. And I think that's the you know, when, when you bring your awareness like into the presence and you're, you, you're at this like point of singularity where every possible scenario is happening and has already happened and is going to happen soon. I mean, it's just this, it's this infinity concept and then like what we just said through this podcast where like there's this weird sensation where it's like there might be like a separation of our matter and energy like in ways that we're not even really fully aware of i mean that's what we're trying to gain more awareness of so you have these and once you go off like to that energy level you have all these different infinite possibilities that haven't manifested yet. And then you like, you come back to time with like your awareness, but I mean, they could just be overlapping, but it just looks cool when you play them out in like a span of like five minutes. But all, all the system is doing is, like overlapping a moment of awareness that could have been shared amongst like this much deeper version of either yourself or of reality. But then when you play it out in like a short amount of time, you're looking at it and you can't even make sense of it because how much it all goes together. But it be, it's because it's all the same thing. It's like you're just from your point of view, it gets strung together. But I mean, like, how do you know what came first? Like the Phoenix in my dream or the Phoenix in the movie or the Phoenix? Like, it's hard to think about like what came 
Like, where did the meaning come from? Where did it all start? It all just kind of merges onto itself. But that we were we were talking that concept when we were talking about the infinity with the moment of now. It just hit me that there's another type of bridge work we're going to have to work on. And that's the bridge work between me and you. Yeah. Because there's bridge work for me and you to get acquainted with the mind's eye and the discipline. But I think it's going to take the same amount of bridge work for us to have a awareness together story. Which that that type of bridge work, I don't know if it's the same kind of bridge work. I just asked the question for the first time, so I don't know if it's going to come to me. But I see it as different bridge work. I'm not sure how we're going to accomplish that type of bridge work, but there's going to be discipline. Because right now we're willy-nilly. Like, there is no actual discipline between me and you other than the fact, well, maybe we'll see each other in astral. But I think there's going to be some type of disciplined bridge approach that we're going to have to use to make that happen. That's why I think there's two ways like right off, right off the bat. It's like, go back to your dream. Like, is there a way like before you get started where you can bring my awareness? Like you have me, you have me there. Can you get my, can, is there anything you can do to strengthen my awareness there that would pull me to that point? Like that's one one question I have. And then the other scenario I think is like on the ascension, I think like as you go up, you pop out into different, I think one of the first layers is like the ascended shared dream realm. So I think like I was right underneath that and that if I could have popped out there with my awareness, I think from there, it's just my intention. I could get to you and then I'd be at that spot. So I think you might be a little further ahead, but I think we're both going at it in our own two different directions. If I pop out one layer, I just say, where's Luke? And I think I go straight to you. And then it's just a matter of when I find you, can I wake you up? Yeah, the hang gliding thing is interesting to me. Because I was asleep or I was awake. Or you don't know. Or you saw yourself as asleep. I mean, as far as I know, you're awake. But... When I tell you the story, you don't remember. Yeah, but I so, don't necessarily mean, I mean, that just could mean a failure of my own bridge work. That's what I'm saying. Like, not only are we going to have to have the experience, we're both going to have to flawlessly download it as well. Yeah. Because I, yeah. I mean. Although, all, so my experience was way less on the download it was so it was so intense and i i don't know i i felt like as soon as i came back to my body 
And I think a lot of it was like, I didn't have like a lot of history in it. Like the way you did, like mine was much quicker. I thought just, my, there was just, no, just for the record. I thought mine was quick too. Yeah. But I knew I had like, I hadn't fallen asleep. Hmm. Like it wasn't, it, it was, and I don't forget it's the alarm. Like there wasn't even enough time or anything. Like I had just gotten back in the bed and like you witness like the dream come back together. And I had enough awareness to be, to, to then understand like, oh, there could be something to download here because I'm putting back together a dream I was having before. But then as that real is then as like she asks, you know, who are you? And then as this whole event happens and then I'm up in the air and I'm pulled back to the body, like the download was inconsequential at that point because I'm just writing down like what just happened in that form. You see what I'm saying? Like I didn't need... Yes, you know, could, but I was way too excited to like lay there and download. So, um, I just got multiple options. So, what's the first thing? Were you doing the skyscraper jump or are we loading the fight arena? <laughs> Which one's first? Because I think one of those two or both are going down. And you got to look at it from a familiar standpoint. If I fall, find you in that, the first thing I'm going to say is like competitive brother is like, where's the fight arena? Like this shit's going down right now. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. We'll have octagon (laughs) loaded up, but, but the skyscraper jump is, pretty intense I'm, I'm sure if people are listening to this for the first time it seems a bit bizarre <laughs> if we go into the fight arena i'm just grabbing the machine gun i'm gonna make you stop bullets oh yeah Trick number one <laughs> there you go there you go i can die in the astral and then obliterate I do think there is an ascension that uh, is a shared dream space. I think that's the easiest way to do it. And then if we keep having each other in our dreams, I mean, we've got to. See if we can bring, uh, you know, job number one is to bring as much awareness to the other as possible. Try the ground out too, because you, you, you yeah. talked about how fragile it is. With the groundwork, it's not as fragile, and you can play around with the body being paralyzed, coming back to the body and not reacting. If you do have a moment like that, I was saying, look to your left, see my it face, is. use it as a ground. Just to work. That's what I'm talking about. Working on the bridge work too. Like the Brit. No, that's a different type of bridge work. I'm talking about the fragileness of the mind's eye and the monkey brain wanting to call it back to the body. That bridge work 
the ground that's something that needs to be perfected as well because that was profound with me i wouldn't have been able to accomplish what i accomplished there without a grounding mechanism hands down i would not have been able to do it right and yeah there's a huge contrast just in terms of like there's a huge contrast for me there too because like when i was saying like that's raw spiritual power i mean it's on it's on the level of i think i'm beyond all of my attachments there so that's everything i like there i'm not sure if i have awareness of attachments like in that form Like at all. I mean, like to say no fear, like doesn't even come close to what's going on there. And it's, it's always like, it sounds crappy when you say like no attachments, especially like when you're a father and stuff, but it's, it's just like the awareness is, it's, it's so high. It's so energetic that it's, it's just on another level. Like it, that, I mean, almost think of it like as an elevator ride or something, like just getting up to the next level. But it's, it's definitely like it, when I, when I taking that form, like you have no idea of like your life situation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's there's no reference point back to that. Like you're so far beyond that. That's why it's so fragile because the monkey yeah. brain wants to attach you back. It's part of the bridge work. Yes. And part of the grounding work. I will say there's been a lot of weird things that happened pre-awakening. And I don't know if you remember, but this is my pursuit as well and it happens a lot during meditation as far as my goal and it's just coming to me like with my two eyes when i i i told you this pre-awakening several times and anything that happened leading up to that awakening now i see as very profound because there was a lot of anomalies that were going on there was a lot of things that were going on right up to that awakening, especially like three months before. One of the things I always told you is like, do you think it's possible? This is pre-awakening. I asked you this question. Do you remember the scene in Neo where it's the TV and Morpheus and there's white all around them? Remember? Yeah. I said, is it possible to reach that state pre-awakening? I proposed that question to you. I think that like you, the effort has been for me to try to reach that state in meditation, like not mind's eye, just uh, cross the screen of my eyes. Like, can I get to pure white? And there are times when in meditation, I get to no thought where I get to that glow. But I think the ultimate goal of what I'm talking about is in the mind's eye. Can you get to that loading platform? 
where it's the loading station. And is that what you're talking about? Or is this something totally different? Because this was pre-awakening, one of those things leading up and it's coming full circle for me now. But that loading mainframe, I can't tell you how many times it's popped in my head, probably every day, at least once a day. As far as just like a Uh. personal goal, you know, can I ever get to that? Because I've seen blacker than black. Right. My old goal is, can I see whiter than white? You know, like the mainframe. Can I be in the mainframe? Can I be in that space? But that would be a mind's eye space. Yeah. That would be a mind's eye space, not. And then once you get there, is that a space? Is that, is that like a shareable plane that you're talking about? Or is that just something personal with me? I think that place truly is the tabula rasa. And I mean, in terms of like loading, you could load anything you want for you, probably including me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you could also use that to portal to a shared space. Like, so you have right. like this ascending stuff. And I mean, maybe that's the stuff that's on a personal level. Like you seem to be whatever this sword analogy is where like the direction and division of energy, mm-hmm. yours might be more like portal work where it's like, if you can just get to like a space of control, you might be able to just wave your hand at this point, even at, when, especially getting the affirmation of the sword and just open a door to the shared dream realm. Is that what we should be shooting for? A space like that, where it's just a complete, like, what did they call it? The mainframe? The loading program? That's what Morpheus called it, I think, the mainframe. Or the loading program. That's where, before he sees, like, the digital self-image. It's completely white all around him. And he can't believe yeah. it. Yeah, and he time. looks down and he, he's like, how do I get these clothes on? And Morpheus yes. says, that's your digital self-image. Correct. Yeah, he's standing in the white. So everything is loaded. Like to, I mean, all they have to do is type it in. Correct. I'll, yeah, so it's like whatever you want it to be. But that definitely seems like exactly to, like to the level of like directing, dividing energy and creating spaces. That seems like exactly what is that a full like you could be yeah, but more I... in that direction and mine could be more just straight up ascension. But this is it goes Ooh. to the same place. Right. It's just your mechanism is different than my mechanism. Right. Like you would just open the door and walk to like the shared dream realm and then you would be, and then I would like pop out right under your feet. Like, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, there's, there's been a lot of crazy stuff that happened pre-awakening that now are to be true. And a lot of things that happened. So that's one of the things I remember having a conversation with you about. Yeah. Um, and one that is always, you know, if, if I'm meditating you know, looking at the back of my eyes, I want to get to that spot 
as a spot that I feel like I can never attain, but my heart's just pure. I'm like, man, if I ever reach that spot, it would be like, well, that, I'd be so there for like an, that's probably... know, two hours space time or something. And I would wake up and it'd be like two minutes. Probably a good time to tell you the uh, method on that. It's pretty quick. Wrap it up with the method here. Sure. And it's it's um super ancient. It's 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 on the AYP Advanced Yoga Practice uh, website, which goes through all the advanced yoga practices that um, lend to more awareness. And I mean, even enlightenment and stuff that they're um, promoting it's that website's specifically promoted by Gene Hart, but it's super detailed, but there was one that was very, very um, specific to engaging the mind's eye. And, um, you should be in your cross-legged meditation. And um, this, I do this every single morning uh, with the cross-legged me- meditation. I start with the fire breath, which is basically just <laughs> really fast in and mm-hmm. out your nose. But the concentration or the awareness you want like at your navel. And there's a lot there's a lot of talk about like what the connection is between the matter and the energy is, is the navel. So your astral body and your physical body and the connections with like, some people say they can see like a cord coming out of their navel and stuff. Um, the navel is like a good place to practice keeping your awareness, but with the fire breath, with the, exhale you really try to take the stomach in and with the inhale you fill the stomach up so it's more in the belly than it is in the nose but it's real quick (laughs) you try to go as fast as you can and it's weird because if you're doing it like every morning it's hard sometimes like it, it doesn't sync up like sometimes you have to do it a couple it's almost like you're you have to get your system in line. I don't know if it's chakras down there or something, but sometimes it's harder to get online than um, some mornings. It's easier than others. The very, you do that for a little bit and then you get a nice big exhale. And on the inhale, a nice big long inhale. And that's when you start the stuff coming up the spine. So you change the awareness now to your root. So you want a little bit of a Kegel flex just to get like a spot to get your awareness at, which would be at the bottom of your spine. And then you want to pull that awareness from the bottom of your spine all the way around the top of your head to your third eye. Right. Mm-hmm. So you want it, you want to, and I think you've done somewhat of that already. Yes. So this practice is like additional to that. Like once you're good at that and you can do that, there's one more manipulative process you want to do with your hands. And 
when you get to the spine where you're going to come up, you want to close your eyes and you want to take your fingers and with light, light pressure, just on the outside of your eyeballs, you want to be actually pressuring your eyeballs like into the third eye, but not anything like with discomfort or anything, just a little bit of pressure to go into the third eye. At the same time, take these two fingers and pinch off your nose. So when you bring it up with that big inhale and you and you bring it around, you hold, inhale, hold, plug, and just hold your breath until you feel like you need to let it go. You don't have to push it. You don't have to go like super crazy with it, but you want a good breath hold you want to at least get to you know some level of discomfort you try to relax everything in here you try to relax your stomach you try to relax your diaphragm you try to feel it trying to come up you should be able to feel it come in your throat you can place the tongue to the back and up on the palate to make sure the air doesn't come out but try to keep everything as relaxed as you can with the eyes, what's happening is it's weird. You, the, it pulls back. It like creates, like you have that, like what you normally consider like the backs of your eyelid, but you can almost see like where you like come back from it. Like you create a space there. And there's, when you come down on the exhale, come down and you want to tuck your chin and supposedly there's a, they call it something in the ancient text, but there's another eye in the root. So you just want to tuck the chin and you just want to try to connect with intention. Just I'm connecting my third eye with my lower eye and then come up. And you can do it a couple of times if you want. But the first time I did that, it was pretty impressive. Like, as I think we were saying, like, how do we got to figure out like better ways to activate the third eye? Like all of a sudden now we're like, where are all those third eye meditations? I want to try them all. But this one from that website. um, And it's pretty calm. It's weird. Like you create a space inside like the vision behind the eyelids. Kind of like what meditation does for awareness, create that space. Yeah. Yeah. But this one, like you can see it. Like you can, you like, you, you can like see it happening. You can see it developing. And then you're like, Oh, can I just do this whenever I want? And apparently the answer is yes. I'll have to try it. Cause it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I know space is needed and meditation is the only thing that gives me space with your awareness. And it makes sense that your mind's eye needs a bit of space to be able to come into focus. So everything you you said makes a ton of sense. You can tell when you, when you have that pressure on the eyes, it is weird. It does seem to like, fire a spot up right there i mean something you can visually mm-hmm. you know tactically see 
it does fire a spot there up and you're like oh did I, was it that easy i mean it's it seems so simple when you see it demonstrated but the other thing is really cool about it is it's super ancient so thousands and thousands of years so, and, and it's like well <laughs> why isn't this stuff being taught in school but, yeah why why who am i who are you who am i yeah who are we <laughs> yeah that's good stuff yeah check it out maybe we'll get that third eye activated will do hey i'll see you tonight all right <laughs>